Hey everyone, and welcome to The Seed. We are changing over to a new podcast show that is more reflective of where I am in life. Ironically, The Seed was planted by every guest that I had on my Homes and Hops podcast. So listen in, subscribe, and comment on my new monthly podcast, The Seed, which stems from Dandelion Discussions, all about women empowerment, entrepreneurship, and objectives that are often planted in us. Our guest stories are here to inspire, educate, and most importantly, to let you know you are not alone. Hey everyone, Lisa Resnick with The Seed. I am sitting with two amazing women with podcast gear, and we do have one visitor in the podcast studio today, Luciano Catullo, (laughs) being uber quiet. Super proud of them. So I am here with Kelly Catullo, owner of Beauty Boutique, and I am here with our next guest speaker at Dandelion Discussions, Mm -hmm. Denise Bayer. So Denise is premier bank money holder of everyone. That's how I describe (laughs) Denise's job to people. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to describe my job as listening and following the wishes of the dead. So that's usually what a trust officer does. So I do have some live clients, though. I you do <laughs> actually quite a few. So. so let me tell you my day so far. Let me just go off on a little bit of a rant. Um, Kelly actually showed up here before I even got here today, and which that never ever ever happens. Write that down, folks. <laughs> but um, today was definitely one of those days, and I thought about it at the beginning of the day about like the crap that happens to us. And how we become a little bit numb to it because there's so much that often happens. Um, I woke up today super excited about getting this package in the mail. And I created these shirts for Dandelion. And it's awesome about the messaging, connect, support, develop, um, shine, all the things that Dandelion is all about in helping other women in business. Opened up the shirt, and um, and honestly, this is my own fault. I um, ordered the shirts, and luckily, it was just a tester. It was just a tester from overseas, far, far, far overseas. And I should have known when I was like, oh, it's only $5 for them to create these shirts for me. <laughs> should have been my first tip. But um, so that is how my day started off. And it has gradually improved from then. So before I came here, I went to go because my other company is Dandelion Properties. So I went to go show a, a little bit of a rundown garage to one of my clients. <laughs> Little little bit is being very polite. <laughs> but um, on my way there, I noticed that my gas light was on. So the rest of the time I've been driving today, I had not noticed my gas light was on. And let me also state this. This entire week, I've been listening to that podcast, Dying for Sex, which is about two women that are friends. And the one has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I'm listening to this as all this crap is happening. So I'm trying to put things in perspective, right? We always do that in work, right? Try to put things in perspective. Things could be a lot worse. So I go to a gas station immediately after and my tank won't open. So now I'm 30 minutes away (laughs) and my gas tank won't open. And I'm like, crap, what is going on? And I also was not maybe in the best area either. One of those areas that you couldn't swipe your card at the gas station. You had to go inside Mm -hmm. to pay for your gas beforehand. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go and hope I make it. The entire time, it didn't matter which direction I went. It was like Paperboy. Like there was, <laughs> there was a car accident blocking the road. There were cars. I've never even seen cars turn in and out of driveways. It was just unbelievable. My husband meets me at the gas station finally. 
which is up by by here, and he can't open up the tank either. So I had to run home, and the first thing he says to me, why didn't you park the car in the garage? I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? But I like everything still got me to this point, and I'm so happy to be here with you too, because let me tell you, my entire week seems to be going this direction. So <laughs> this is the pivot point. Yes, we'll turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, tell me how your day was going. Uh, my day's wonderful. I had pasta for breakfast. <laughs> um, I went to work and got a random text message and met one of my best friends to get a little uh, birthday tattoo. And Why don't you tell everybody what your tattoo is? Oh, I got an evil eye. Just a little evil eye on my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know I never knew what the evil eye was until maybe about two years ago? Really? Yeah. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm Irish and German. Just oh. not popular where you're from, I guess. I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> was a joke. <laughs> and Denise, how's your day going? It's going great. Yeah. You know, catching up. We were out of town and then back in town and then the weekend, the holiday weekend. We had some family things. So just catching up with work. But... I appreciate it actually being summer weather now. Yes. I Amen. enjoy, yes, I love Until I was driving today yeah. trying to save on <laughs> gas, so I turned off my air. I don't know if that actually works, but I did it, and you don't want to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. So I'm happy to be here, too. That's awesome. So any idea what you're going to talk about? <laughs> Yes. I mean, I've thought about it. I mentioned a little bit to you as well. But, you know, I wanted to focus on uh, how I think as women, like typically we don't take credit or appreciate our successes when they come easy to us. True. Because everything in our lives is always surrounded by like hardship. It's difficult, you know. When we do things, it's usually after, you know, how much research, how many attempts. Exactly. It's somebody finally seen it happen. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And but it's just like in your personal life, too. I mean, you know, getting married, having children, taking care of those children, taking care of spouses. Wait a second, we're supposed to take care of the kids? <laughs> well, you Just know, give them ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Not my coconut, though. <laughs> well, this is kind of my joke. Like, I always make this joke. I, my husband is wonderful. He's, you know, a great supportive spouse of me and everything that I do professionally and in the community and a wonderful father. But I always say, I know that we, we will be equal the day that I get as much credit for taking care of all of the family finances and investments as he yes. does for taking care of the kids. This is true. So, it you know, and obviously that's visible, you know, and what I do, you know, that's not something normally people talk about. You know, it's kind of a more oh, personal it's your, thing. it's your day to day. So... But you didn't start off in that role no. in life. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I think it's so funny how I you, know, you you I go back and I look at my career and I go back to college, what I studied, you know, how that led me to law school. You know, I started off as a theater major at YSU. I did not know that. I did. And I actually wanted to do like a billboard on this because I noticed that at the time we had a bunch of people locally that had some sort of uh, arts background or theater background and they weren't necessarily practicing in the arts or making their living in that manner. But the creativity and the a, the ability to work with others and just to create things that were disrupting their particular chosen profession mm-hmm. was just so amazing to me. And I think that you, you, when I was in school, what I wanted to do was be a dramaturg. So I was always interested in theater history 
And when you work as a dramaturg for a theater... I've never heard that term before. I never have either. Well, it's someone who helps make a show accessible to the audience. They work with the... They do research for all the creative team, and they assist them with, you know, maybe there's a weird prop in the show. We do that type of research for it. So I think what I've always been drawn to has been research and connectivity and, you know, working as like a communal experience. And then that took me to law school where uh, the law school that I went to had a uh, concentration in law and the arts, and that interested me. And then after law school, I came back here and I worked for the federal court just because it was a great honor. You know, not a lot of law graduates get to work as a clerk in a federal court. So that brought me back here and I met my husband and then, you know, I just as opportunities arose. along the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And for I think when people hear that I have a theater background, they think, oh, well, you must be a great litigator. Why? Well, I, I hate litigation because at, at, the, at my core, I'm a middle child. I am a mediator. I want everyone to come to a great conclusion. I want us all to leave happy at the end of the day. That wanna, doesn't happen in courts often. No, I want to. I want to. I want to work through problems with people, and I want to make sure that you know they if they have an endpoint, I help them get to that endpoint. And that's not to say that litigators don't do that. That's just true. It's just it's I usually in favor of one party, though. Yeah, I mean, I try and do it in a, you know a different manner. So my practice has always been transactional. Then that kind of led to the you know the the trust work, which led to working for financial institutions. And so here I am now. <laughs> I do remember meeting with you when you transitioned over into the private world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you were very excited about was getting in touch more with the community, being able to have those one-on-one interactions with people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. kind of all falls in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much... Well, even when I was in private practice with my my law firm, I mean, there was so much community outreach. And again, you know, that I think it all goes back to it's that communal experience. It's, you know, I get to right now, I just became chair of Opera Western Reserve. So I kind of fulfill that theater nerd. Yes. Inside me, and that I get do you to ever on. do you ever try to get actively involved and maybe interject? But what, what was the what was the term of the job that? Oh, dramaturg. Dramaturg. Mm-hmm. Dramaturg. Turg. It's, turg. Mm-hmm. Not turd. <laughs> <laughs> Drama. Yeah. Dramaturg. Mm-hmm. Do you ever like think when you because you do you know the lineup of the schedule? Do you ever think that you can just like maybe? step in and help out and and practice what you did in your collegiate years? Not since having children. So <laughs> I think the last show I was in was before I had Sebastian. So about eight, nine years ago. <laughs> about to say. I do think it's also interesting that you talk about the transactional end and the connectivity that you provide as well with it. Because I do, I think about Beauty Boutique, it's very much the same thing. Like you are offering people, you're showing people their ability. Listen, if I can walk out of your store and feel confident and good because of an outfit that I put on there, that is because of you and what you brought to the table. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about like the significance and the impact that you have on people? No, not in that, not in that <laughs> regard. I'm, I mean, I'm a giver by nature. That's always been my, my favorite thing is giving back and helping in whatever capacity I can, no matter what it is. My degree's in sociology. So I find people and, and groups too. of people and the mind work fascinating. So anytime I can do use that part of my brain, I love it. Um, but in regards to clothing, I mean, I I just I love it. It's I don't really feel like I have an a, per se an impact on people. You do. And 
You do. I mean, <laughs> you do though. But like, I love I think it. I think of my transitional periods of clothing. And if you ever spoke to my friends during my early years of, of college and high school was uniform, so that was super simple. But like I was like turtleneck queen. If you can give me a gap turtleneck, <laughs> that is pretty much the only thing I wore. I think I had five that I would put on rotation <laughs> to where I am now. But I mean, but you see my personality based on the outfit that I'm wearing. You see what I try to project that day, what I what I'm feeling that at that moment. Yeah. You're Lisa like Lisa's very eclectic. Like her wardrobe is very she puts together things that like never in a million years would I even think to number one. I, I to do, do wonder sometimes when people compliment me, is it like the pity compliment? <laughs> like I would never think to put them together or wear them or and quite frankly, most of the time I wouldn't be able to pull it off because I would not look the same in it. But Oh, I disagree. Oh, absolutely not. No. Like your outfit today. The top, 100%. Give me a button down, but I need it like two sizes bigger. But my quilted shorts? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I love no. my outfit today. <laughs> I do too. But I yeah. think, but you do have that impact on people. Oh, why, thank you. And I think that, I think anybody could attest, even when we put on our comfy sweats, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are those moments that we do. You want, you want the feeling of being hugged and you want that comfy feeling and you need it for that day. Yeah. And I love how you started online and now we get to see people sharing their outfits and how mm-hmm. they're wearing them out and what they're doing on vacation and how that makes them feel. So yeah, I do. I, I love Lisa. seeing people. I, I do love seeing people in our clothing or, you know, I went to um, uh, Smarts for their yep. show last Friday and um Somebody came out to me and, you know, she was like, hey. And it was the same cardigan that I had, like, around my purse, just in case I got cold. Um, so I do. I love I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I now, love I love all the girls. I now mean, you know. Yeah. Every time someone leaves your store, hmm. you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm welcome, though, you know? like, know. Yeah. Like, I love it. I I am so excited about having Denise speak at Beauty Boutique. Yeah. It'll be a good one. Mm -hmm. I know. I I just love using, you know, locations Mm -hmm. in a unique way. Me too. Mm -hmm. I also love the fact that you're going to be speaking about women and, and being the show, in a sense, of getting yourselves out there having the confidence. I think there's such a connectivity with, again, like I said, I, I'm a firm believer of what you're wearing is what you're projecting out there. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to be able to also make yourself seen in the business world as a woman in such a creative way. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, that's funny because it, as an attorney, we, when you're in law school, they actually, I don't know if they still do this, but they will tell you basically a uniform to wear when you go on interviews with, uh, you know, with Is it law navy firms. blue? Yes. It's <laughs> either a navy blue or black suit. Yes. Uh, you know, nude stockings. Never red. Never mm-hmm. wear red. Yeah. <laughs> but, I disagree with that, but that's what they say. Yes. And then when I, when I worked for the federal court, even though we were primarily in the chambers with the judge the whole time, very rarely were we out uh, because, well, you know, you didn't often get to uh, trial in federal court. I think when I was there, there was just one trial. There are a lot of hearings and uh, things like that, but we were required to wear a suit every day. And, and, you know, it had to be, I always joke, I'm like, the government issued standard black suit. <laughs> and so it, you know, it, it's hard. It's because, like you're in the movie Will Smith. Yeah. Men in Black. <laughs> exactly. Yes. The, yes. And so sometimes... I, you know, I want to, I, I want to express, you, you know, I like 
to wear things other than suits. I like dresses. I mm-hmm. like, you know, colorful things. So sometimes as an attorney, you feel boxed in. And even now working for a bank, you kind of feel boxed in. And so as much as I can, I try to dress my personality. I just thought about that. Like, listen, I am not knocking the bankers, the attorneys, anybody in the financial institutions in this world. But you came from such a creative space that you went into a world. I, I, I don't even I don't know if you want to call it. Is it vanilla? Would that be the word to utilize? I well, maybe I would say more conformity. A box. Yes. Yes. She walked into a box <laughs> and they were like, you could wear these four things <laughs> inside of this box. Yeah. Now, yeah. people with high anxiety probably appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The ones that get concerned if they're wearing that item that is going to like show them a little bit more. But if they know they're going into an environment that, hey, we're all wearing the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> my nightmare. Mm-hmm. That is true. You're very creative with your outfits too. Oh, that's my nightmare to wear the same thing all the time. Although I love jeans. Mm-hmm. Well, jeans are. Yeah, I could wear denim all day, every day. Now, the question is, is when we go into places or if you work at a place that does allow jeans, because yeah. I mean, things have gotten a lot more lenient in the workplace, in the mm-hmm. business world. I remember starting off in when I started off my professional career in Washington, D.C., and it was a uniform base still. I can't remember who the president was. Was it, was it George Bush Jr. still? Um, I think it was the young George Bush, but, um, so you still like DC is very also reflective of who the head of state is. So if the head of state is like during the Clinton administration, I think policies across the board, when it came to clothing became a little bit more loose. Mm -hmm. And then when Bush got into office, things became stricter again. So during that time, you could though still see incrementally the loosening of of the straps and being like, hey, you're going to be able to mm-hmm. wear a little bit more clothing. But I think about it now. I've seen a couple of things come through regarding jeans and the restrictions to jeans. Mm-hmm. No holes. Mm-hmm. I know. No yeah. holes, no phrase. And, and then you look online or you're shopping out in this world and you're like, where are those jeans anymore? <laughs> All the jeans have frays and holes in them because that's the predominant style. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go out. Well, it eventually probably will. I, just like the bell-bottom jeans that I purchased probably about a year ago that I still wear. <laughs> I mean, I, it all just comes back around. It's just like a, it's a loop. Truly and out. is. Yeah. I don't really pay attention to that, though, for myself. I just, yeah, you know. Wear what's comfortable. I just wear whatever I want. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's the freedom of having your own boutique, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever just go shopping for yourself? Um, like online and just be like, hey. I'm going to utilize the resources that you have because you do have more resources than Denise and I. Yeah. In your shopping. Right. Do you ever get to just go and just go, I'm going to go crazy? I mean, I buy things that I I would like more than so much our clientele, you know. Um, I do that. Or, you know, you can't. Sometimes you could, like, buy one or two of something, Um and I've done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still shop. I love I love thrift stores. Oh, yeah, she does. So mm-hmm. I love, like, I love Goodwill. Um, yes. I got the most badass sequins men's suit vest mm-hmm. um, that I can't wait to have altered to wear with slacks for Christmas. It's, yeah. like, incredible. Um, I like different things. That like not, not everyone's gonna have, or even if 
I don't think people are going to like it. That's what I like. You know, like I like different things. Clearly, so do I. Yeah. Which, by the way, I've also realized I think this is why I don't like cars. Cars. (laughs) Okay, where are you going with this? (laughs) Because you can't really have, unless I was a millionaire or a billionaire, you can't really have a unique car. There is how many of the cars out there that are similar to yours? Mm-hmm. Like you buy a Subaru, all of a sudden there's a million Subarus out there. Say Toyota, it doesn't matter. It's this you have five color choices to choose from. It's like your the suits when you're an attorney. It's mm-hmm. like these are the cars that you can buy. Yeah. It's the black car, it's the navy blue, gray, maybe red, however. Well, I suppose it's where you place value and how you express yourself. You know, if you were one that I really, the car that I drive is really how I want people to identify who I am, then maybe you'd, you know, if you had the resources, put more funds towards that. You know, for me, I've never, I'm not. I don't less. care. I don't care about cars. I don't it either. gets from one as long as it can. Yes. It's yes. Safe. Yes. And, as lo- <laughs> and the gas tank opens. Yes. That's yeah. what I care about. Because mm-hmm. the entire time now I'm thinking. So did you get it open? No. So how does it just shut? I have. So the gas. Like the, the is where the, you push is, in is or the, the twist? It's the push. It's the push in. Oh, the push in. The push in will not open. Huh. And, of course, now my mind is, like, how is there no safety mechanism to this? Like, because if it's happening to my car, I'm sure it's happened to other cars. So what is what is the secondary source in order to get that tank open? And I don't know. <laughs> I know. As I don't think there is one. Mm-hmm. I think my husband's probably standing outside in 95 degrees right now trying to figure out a way to rip open. Mm-hmm. We love but you, Andy. We do. We do. <laughs> I appreciate him very much. And I thought about that, too. I was like, well, luckily my husband's making sure that I'm not stalled somewhere and we'll make it because the entire time I was like, I have a four o'clock. I need mm-hmm. to get back to my four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it's 95 degrees out, and I'm dripping. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just said uh, to my friend on the way here, I'm, it's been sun. We've had sunshine finally for the past couple of days, but like my eyes still aren't used to it. So I'm like, like can we barely can see. Again. I can barely see. We have sun and we can breathe the oh, air. Oh, it's been beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that air last week was horrible. Crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So do you have any tips? Like I'm reverting back. So reverting I am back. definitely I'm I'm definitely a conversation bouncer. Okay. Are you going to bring any tips to us about how we as women could make ourselves besides clothing? I would do it with clothing. That's what I do. Like people know, like if I'm going into a meeting mm-hmm. that like I'm trying to make a statement because I'm I'm not pleased with the function of how things are are moving along. Then I'm going to dress a little bit more badass. You might see me in combo pants. You have no idea what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yes. But if I need to be softer, then then I will dress softer. Yes. I mean, I I try to dress for my audience. Yes. You know, if I want to be comfortable, I'm comfortable. If I know I have a client meeting, that's different. If I'm giving a presentation or a speech, that's a little different too. So... Uh, so am I going to be bringing any tips as yes. to how we yes. can stand out? Show or sh- like say, hey, mm-hmm. I did this. Mm-hmm. This was me. And again, reverting back to the you're welcome. <laughs> like, but well, it doesn't happen often for us. I, you know what? I, I will. I've been researching this. But one thing that frustrates me is that then we're putting the onus back on us as women when really it should be you know our our coworkers that are maybe we we need a societal shift to realize that when a woman does speak up uh that 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 voice should be valid and that we don't we don't attach negative connotations to something that a woman would say that we would attach positive connotations were it to come from a man. It's true. 
That's very true. So, I mean, I do And emotions think- aren't bad. No, no. And it's funny you bring that up like that's only something that women have. I mean, I have yeah. been in offices where men have been in the hallway shouting and yelling at each other. Yes. But that emotion's allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. they're allowed to show that emotion. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when we do it, we're being emotional. Emotional, mouthy. Yeah. Yes. The problem. Uh, always the problem. So what I've found is that, and this kind of goes back to why we always we always think things need to be hard. You know, when I found myself in that position where I felt my voice wasn't being heard, my, you know, contributions weren't being uh, validated or they were being usurped by someone else. Yeah. Uh, I kept fighting and thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve this problem. I'm going to make them value me. And at one point I realized... This audience is not listening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, and there are audiences at the same time. I was getting all this external validation, you know, from I was my, just about to ask you mm-hmm. that. I was like, do you find that it's more, you get the validation from your clients, the people you talk to that you, that you are working with on a day-to-day versus the actual business Yes. world that you're in and your coworkers, your peers in that same sphere. Well, I think I was getting it from from uh, former coworkers, uh people in the community that I respected, uh and also from clients. I think the when clients give you that validation, that helps you kind of push through what would otherwise be a negative experience in a work environment. But then just for your your own validation, so you know that your feelings are are valid and what you're thinking is valid, it helped me to know that former coworkers, you know, uh, colleagues in other spaces were, you had such wonderful things to say about my work and who I was as a person where I realized, well, why am I forging this hard path with an audience that is not receptive and just go to the receptive audience? That's true. Just go towards the, go to the light, Denise. (laughs) Go to the light. Mm -hmm. I remember Kelly, I don't know if you remember telling me this. This was a few years ago. Um, You mentioned about another podcast that you listened to. And about the recommendation that you heard from from if you're at a in a conference, if you're oh, at- and like standing up for someone else, yes, instead of you know the the powers that be in the room ignore whatever Sarah next to me has said instead of letting them take credit for what Sarah said, because she doesn't stick up for herself. Mm-hmm. Then Lisa says, you know, I want to go back to what Sarah said. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sarah mm-hmm. said X, Y, and Z, and I think that's a really good point that we should focus on. Yes. Or, you know. Yes, and saying that in front of the audience. Correct. Because you know, sometimes Not we'll, waiting. Yeah, saying, mm-hmm. you know, to help make someone feel better afterwards, saying, I, you know, I really agreed with I, what I, you said. I and, know it was you. Mm-hmm. I know it was your idea. Yeah, saying it in front of people. So you're, you're saying, look, because There's they know. nothing I hate more than the hour later or the three hours later. Um, oh, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or... Or I agreed with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then pull out your man parts mm-hmm. and say it. Yeah. Exactly. In front of the whole room. Exactly. So that I'm not standing there on an island by myself. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Right. If you mm-hmm. agree, then what's the point of not saying so mm-hmm. in front of everyone except your... That's complacency. Yeah, I don't like that. No. No, mm-hmm. you definitely don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> no. that's not That's not the world that that we live in right you cannot be that way Mm -hmm. and i think that it has been proven that complacency does unfortunately lead us to to that stagnation or even reverse because we are just okay we're in this space now we've made it this far Mm -hmm. let's just let's just stew here Mm -hmm. a little bit yes and not not rock the boat exactly 
I mean, I think about how many emails that I have rewritten to make sure that my audience who are, because I'm, I'm more of a creative than a professional writer. Oh, mm-hmm. no, we're losing our audience member. <laughs> Bye, Luch. Bye, Luch. Bye. I love Bye. you, Luch. Love Bye. you. <laughs> and with that, he is out. <laughs> <laughs> now let's swear and talk about sex. <laughs> in. I am in. <laughs> but, but I do. I think, like, how many times I've, like, rewritten over emails because I'm a very narrative Mm-hmm. writer. So my my emails are not bullet points. So if anybody who's listening out there who has received a bullet point email from me, hey, you're probably a man. <laughs> because like because I'm everything because I know everything that I'm saying and the points that I'm trying to make are going to get lost through my dialogue. Yes. And as an attorney, I, yes. can, I can let you know that no one reads anything. So if you put this, it, if you make it true. as easily digestible yes. as possible. That is true. Mm-hmm. It is true. Now, however, if I do receive the narrative emails, mm-hmm. I do have it. To, and probably because that's the space that I come from, I do have the tendency to be more engaged because I'm like, ooh, what is this person saying right now? Mm-hmm. Versus if it's, I mean, it's I read the bullet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I read the bullet points too, but really the narrative like grips me more and it sinks in a lot more because I get the point more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to read it like 12 times. I'm like a... The narrative or the bullet points? Um, I, I So in books, I speed read. Mm-hmm. But like in something like that, I like analyze read. So I, oh. it takes me, it takes me forever because I want to make sure I get all of the things now, the see, first time. So if either of you sent me an email that was a narrative email, like tell me I'm not the only one who does this, but I will, it, it'll be as if you guys are speaking to me mm-hmm. and like, it's your voice, it's your inflections, it's everything. Like I, I will hear it. Oh, Text no. messages. I, I do, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, I do that. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mine's just like, Left or right, I'm just reading. (laughs) (laughs) Note to self, send Kelly bullets. (laughs) And don't repeat yourself over and over and over again. Oh, yes. This is the other thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm a big self-help book advocate. I do like it. I need, need, oddly enough, I'll listen to those things. So that would be one of my tips. It would be reading, listening to these books because I'm one – who needs well I like I, I'm a person who gathers and inputs and like that's the type of person I am. I like to research and deep dive into everything and see what else is out there on mm-hmm. things that how I can improve myself or improve my businesses. Yeah. Um, so I'm thoroughly into them. And some of them <laughs> do have a tendency, and I know never to recommend these books to Kelly. Some of them do have the tendency, to repeat the same thing at the end of each chapter. Mm-hmm. It was not just at the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay. And, 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 and now while it, it wasn't something I really like, enjoyed, if I'm reading the book, that's an easy skim over. You ignore it and you just move on. But if you're listening to it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. But um. But it wasn't until after you said that. Now, every time it's one of those self-help books that does it, I I now get more agitated by it. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you like the self-help books too? Not really. Not I do surprised. not like if I am reading for leisure. <laughs> it is like a murder mystery or something like that. I like fiction. So she's an attorney. Of a well researched murder mystery. There's nothing worse oh, than I agree. something where you could tell they haven't really researched what would really happen and when things when the big reveal happens at the end yes. where it's disappointing. So no, I agree with that completely. Was mm-hmm. it historical fiction? 
like I do like historical fiction where they take an actual event and they incorporate the story within it, the fictional story. And mm-hmm. I do like books like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever read The Kite Runner? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's it about? Is it a murder? I'm not down no. with murders. No, it's it is not. not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I know women, we pay more attention to murders and – it's about a little boy growing up in the Middle East. Okay. There's another one, too. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Anyways. Is it, is it the same author? Um, maybe, but the other one's a, about a girl and her family, if I'm remembering right. I'll send them to you. Okay. But The Kite Runner's phenomenal. Okay. It's a phenomenal book. All right. I'll, I'll add that to my list. Mm-hmm. I'm actually... In, in the midst of reading the book, The Art of Gathering, and mm-hmm. um, which is, again, this is more business applied, but it, but it does talk about, and it talks in a legal sense too, by the way, mm-hmm. um, about the art of gathering and select, being selective of who those people are, even if it's just a dinner party at your house. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the quantity. It is 100% about the quality. Yes, I, I agree with that. And that is an art form, putting together a good group of people that, you know, will enjoy each other's, you know, time together. So do you read, have you started reading the Rebecca Minkoff book? Mm, no, not yet. I will. Okay. I so, will. I mean... It's not necessarily, it is definitely a business oriented book, but I do love the storytelling that she does. It talks about her as a little kid growing up, the things that she, that she found herself drawn to mm-hmm. and the lengths and extent that she would go to do the things that she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it is really good. And she actually in that book touches on her being a woman, like finally when she made it. Mm-hmm. When she has she has this business that clearly it has blown up, that how she found herself feeling less than in the boardroom mm-hmm. and like really trying to like find her place mm-hmm. in that space. Yeah. And she walked away from just she just walked away stating to herself that she finally had to realize well, I'm there. That that's enough. Like mm-hmm. that, I'm actually in the boardroom. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's I. You know, I think that it, it's. I think that this has been debunked. But I know Cheryl Sandberg had mentioned that women, or or rather, not debunked, but rather the data has been researched and maybe the percent is not entirely accurate and that women, when they apply for jobs, they uh, apply for things that they are overly qualified for. But then if a man is qualified for about, has about 60% of the qualifications that they still feel qualified enough to apply for the job. Yes. So I've seen applications oh, out there yes. of, of men being hired. And then I look at the application and... Listen, we have all puffed and been creative with with our resumes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you just have to. It's like if there's that one time that you're going to be uber confident, that's like you need to do it in order to get your foot in the door because it is so difficult now. It mm-hmm. is very difficult. Um, but and I think that's but that's another instance where you you see. I, I've seen this in practice in that, you know, women are hired on their past accomplishments and their education. Men are hired on their potential. So they're not hired on their track record. They're hired on, you know, I think I see something in that guy. And I think that, it, it, you know, and I've had people that have hired people say that to me. Yeah. Like they haven't really, he wasn't really, uh, you know, he didn't really have the qualifications, but I saw something to him. And I think that that's another instance where, you know, when you asked earlier, what can we do? Well, I think that if you're in a hiring position, then yep. maybe look, are you really, are you using that type of analysis for all of your potential candidates? Are you actually hiring on what they've done? 
or are you hiring on potential? And if you see yourself doing that, then maybe look at the gender of the applicant and see what you can do to address your own personal biases. It's funny, when um, I was in eighth grade and I thought about having kids as an adult, um, I always said if I had a little girl, I'd name her Michael. Mm-hmm. And that's because when she would apply for jobs, she would have an easier time at least getting to the interview. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And number two, I also find it ironic that if if that is true about them being hired based upon the potential, because they also talk about your intuition mm-hmm. and, and your gut feeling, and that's what you should go by. And that's based not on future events. That's based on actual events. So I think it's interesting that... They're, I mean, they're, they're allowing their emotions to take hold of them through the hiring process instead of basing it on what's presented in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting way to put it. See, mm-hmm. they could be very emotional, mm-hmm. very emotional. <laughs> but again, if you do know somebody outside and you've seen how they've interacted outside then, and you know that their resume might not reach all the things that you need, but you mm-hmm. know that they have the capability of doing it based upon what you have actually seen, then yeah. then I'm all for the growth. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just, you know, apply it across the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm excited too, because... I have yet to put everything together, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to have to come in, like, drill you with a bunch of questions. Oh. No. I'll be prepared. No, I said, no. oh, I'll, I will. I'll be prepared. I'll answer <laughs> to the best of my ability. So. Okay. Believe me, like you, I am one that likes to research everything to death. So. Yes. I will. I will, if I don't have the answer, I will tell you where to look for it. I think it's fun to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you really do. You can go down rabbit holes and everything, but you can, like, you can find out what you thought was true was actually not. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, it, like, the discoveries that are out there and the information that we don't know is abundant. Mm-hmm. And it will always, if you're a person who likes to seek and find information, there's a ton of it out there to go and look for. Um I cannot wait for the 25th mm-hmm. and to hear what you have to say. And I cannot wait to do it at the Beauty Boutique. Yay. <laughs> where Kelly will have lots of clothing for us all around as well. Oh, my gosh. You guys fall scraping in. It's so fun. See, I'm a sweater weather girl, so yeah. I'm all excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. You can layer it up. Mm. Yes. I love a good layer. Me mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. She's layered right now at 95 yes. degrees. Let's yeah. let's be real. I'm sorry. I've had this dress for like two years. Today was the day. There you mm-hmm. go. So I am going to ask this before we close. Give me one incident, Denise, that <laughs> in, in being a woman in business mm-hmm. and being being in a very male dominant industry, both of them, both industries that you were in were very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Give us a positive of a time in which you you showed and it was acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say definitely with my old firm. And this is a great example where... I was relatively new and I had some critiques on actually how we were doing our media and marketing at the time. And the who the the chair of that committee uh, was a senior partner. And I basically everyone told me, well, you know, we just go and we go along with what he says and uh, no one really critiques anything or, you know, says anything different. Well, I did. And not only was I supported and acknowledged by the managing partner, but that senior partner said, you know what, I agree with you. 
and you made good points and I want you to be co-chair of this committee. So it was just... Oh, and he was like, oh, I'm going to rope her in all the way. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it was like, like... I'm going to use this to my benefit. Exactly. Exactly. That, that is a smart man. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was but it was also, it was validating because yeah. it wasn't just, you know, we're going to... Yes, you know, it was kind of, uh, what did you get yourself into? Yep. But it was also... Well, you're interested in this enough to speak up, so let's have you have a voice on this committee. And then that he, is a good leader. Mm-hmm, and he did that in other ways. He brought me on to uh, develop relationships with his clients instead of putting his arms around them and you know not wanting to anyone else to develop a relationship or work with them or anything like that, which is a great way to for future succession planning. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yes. Oh, now Kelly, you're I not. Like you're not. You're not out scot free. I mean, because let's face it. Sometimes you're in a very female, female dominant, dominated industry, and sometimes there's lots of myths out there about women all working together and how well we have the capability of doing so. So, how about you share a positive? experience in which all the factions of the women that you deal with in your industry, your suppliers or or your app- application, all the women, Ashley, like all the women, give me something positive and where you guys have, have pulled through and communicated and worked together well. Well, I mean, I... I know. I think in my life, I've only had one instance um, where working with a group of women where there was a problem. Um, honestly, I find w- the women that I surround myself with, whether it's been in work or friendships or home, to be extremely supportive. And I don't. I guess for me, when you know, we all get this bad rap of "oh, you work with a bunch of women. How miserable that should that be?" Well, mm-hmm. that. That's a shame for you. All the emotional, Mm -hmm. all the emotion. All the emotional people are working with you. Yeah. Like, no, I, 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 I feel bad for them. Like, well, then you need to figure out how to better surround yourself with more supportive people. Um, And I think my group does just that. So it's not just, well, you do this and you do this. It's like, well, how, how can we do this together? You know, I have photographer friends and hair and makeup friends and I have business friends. Mm -hmm. And how how do we collaborate together so that our reach is even bigger than just our own? That's right. And I I just I don't see any other way. I I do think because, again, we're talking about both men and women now. Right. I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said it's who you surround yourself with. Oh, no matter if it's right. No matter if it's men or women. Yes, it is who you surround yourself with. I've worked with with phenomenal men. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, if only we could just dismiss the ones that don't seem to want to play nice in the sandbox. (laughs) Right? Be gone. We just have to lead them. We have to shift their thoughts. Yes. We love our children. We love our work. We love our communities. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to The Seed. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to dandelion-inc.com and click Let's Connect. And please be sure to subscribe to The Seed's monthly podcast to hear more inspiring stories from other badass women that are all around us. Remember, behind every woman is a tribe of other successful women who have their back. To you all, thank you.